It's Machine Yearning from Assist. It's a podcast where we think and dream about the future of AI, the talking internet, and how we're reshaping our culture. This chapter is an excerpt from our interview with Josef Hapley at the 2018 Voice Summit, the largest gathering of the conversational technology world. Josef is one of the many folks we interviewed, people who are thriving at the front edge of brand, UX, research, and design. Josef is the founder and CEO of Ether, a DC-centered creative agency. In this excerpt, Josef lays out the flares for why brands who play it safe in the age of voice are courting irrelevance. This is just a taste, so make sure you grab the full episode and subscribe so you never miss a single machine yearning. Josef Hapley. So for, you know, really since the 80s when sort of brand management became much more three-dimensional and mm-hmm. really emerged as its own yeah. discipline, the idea of persona, you know, what is the personality of the brand yeah. came online. And now we have literal persona that are being built. Actual personas, like you, you know, got chatbots that you, you know, that you can talk to. Persona is key because you don't want to be the blah, safe brand. I would rather be beloved by a, you know, a small, fierce few than just kind of be like lukewarm to everybody. Because then it's, it's like, you, you see it, you forget it. It becomes a utility at that point, as opposed to this trusted part of your life. But that's the conversation that all the brand people and the agency people have when we kind of get together and we yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're we're, that's, we're, that's we're drinking we're, our own Kool Aid we're talking each other up yeah. before we go into for the pitch. But then you like, but how do you get in the room with a client? Yeah, you know, how so do you how do it? How has that conversation changed? I mean, are the are the are the clients really getting there these days? Are they recognizing that the stakes have shifted and there's there, if everybody's spicy, then that becomes bland. True, you get a lot of that of the give me the flavor of the month. Like, yeah, I, I saw this thing that so-and-so did. Do It's pretty much, it's a lot of like, do that for me. And it's a hard conversation to try, try to steer away from because most people don't like the answer. And the answer is the shoes that fit Michael aren't necessarily gonna fit Yosef and vice versa. So you have to, you can build up to that same level of engagement but you got to do it in your own way that's you know that's authentic to your brand and you know your core values how do you start talking to people about getting honest about stripping away how much crap that's both these digital (laughs) executions and all these marketing tactics it's one word no it it's it it really is it's you got no to the client yeah absolutely say in a, the most direct and professional, honest way that you can is, nah, I appreciate that idea, but I don't think that's the right move. No. And the way it goes over when you say no is that not only are you on the line, I'm also on the line too. So I, I'm if you're not successful, then I'm not successful. Because success to me is you know, proven out by you calling me back for the next gig or for or you referring me to your your colleague who's, you know, works over at XYZ organization, you know, or you've touched, you know, X number of lives. So you can only do that if you are, you know, if you're being focused and, you know, chasing, you know, the shiny new object, it might be in line with your brand. A lot of times it's not. You got to start by saying no. And then if you back that up with the data, 
then the numbers just make the, the case for you. So yeah, Noah's very powerful. It's, it's hard, <laughs> but it's a very good tool that you know, keeps you from chasing a shiny new object. So we're just spending a lot of time looking at, at um, agency and representation, mm -hmm. who's in the room, how are these decisions being made, because who's on the inside? How much time you got? On, <laughs> on okay. So as you're talking to brands, as you're leading them, and you're building these re sort of representative teams, mm -hmm. how are you talking them through that process? Whew, that's a, let me, let me tread lightly here. I told you we were going to dig in. Yeah, yeah, you did, you did. And I'm, I'm glad you're, you're, you are. So I will say, I'll speak to the ad agency industry because, you know, I've spent a good bit of time there, spent, you know, spent some time on the, you know, brands, marketing side, and then also in the nonprofit and government space. Yeah. The conversation has absolutely changed and elevated much more recently. I think we're doing a, a much better job with, I'll say, within the past five years or so, you know, than we ever have. I remember very vividly, in some cases, being not just the youngest person in the room, but the only person of color. And I remember also being a little bit hesitant with speaking up at things where I didn't think, I wouldn't necessarily say that they made me uncomfortable, but things that I think were not necessarily representative. Um, and we, we did in ad agency land a lot of the same. Uh, you know, we would call up the same talent, the same vendors, and what do you happens when you get the same? You get the same result. But I think there's a, you know, a broad swath of, you know, the world that it, you know, it's not blonde hair, blue eyed white girls. I'm sorry. That's just what a lot of the ad agency was. That was sort of like the safe customer persona. And, you know, I think once we started to get more representation, um, you know, no disrespect to blonde hair, blue eyed white girls, if you are one. But I think, you know, we've, we've done a really good job of representing you. And so when we started to change the dynamic around the table, start to just, you know, take off those blinders and bring more people of color, more women, more LGBTQ, you know, representation, all of these things around the table and actually say, hey, there's a business case for diversity. It's, you know, because a lot of those people were there that, that fit in all those different categories that I just, I just mentioned, but I don't know if they necessarily felt comfortable or felt safe voicing that position. And, but now it's something that is absolutely on the table. It is discussed. It is open. And I can only hope that more, you know, companies, more agencies and organizations, you know, do more of the same. You know, it's one thing to move from being part of the consumer base because you just like somebody's got to buy soap. Yeah. Somebody's got to buy toothpaste. Yeah. To having representation in the room around some decision making to actually have agency to be guiding the decisions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm actually have a choice to bring this full circle how do we you know talk about this within the voice space you know like what what does siri sound like what does alexa sound like do we have people who are native language speakers who are on the development side or on the qa side do we have people you know who can speak to accents and be able to you know to clarify those things we you know there are some um, you know little cultural nuances I think the more intentional we get about it, the more successful you know, brands will be, the more successful we'll all be. So people get that at the intellectual level now. They get it at the, at the 
gut pain avoidance level because they've mm-hmm. all seen the social media fails. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, nobody wants to be that. And now you've got to get them to where they move beyond it being it's sort of surplus brain space. It's like I'm going to do my core business activities, and hmm. then I'll think about that diversity mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, add a little sprinkle on the on the top. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's our final five percent. Yeah, yeah. And so now you're like working with people to get to that being the central part of the work. Meaning like it's just baked into the middle. It has, yeah. Just like everything else. Right. I, I heard a quote. It's, uh, I, I can't remember where it came from, but it's, uh, you know, if you if you bake a cake and you forget to put the sugar on it in, in the recipe, you can't just throw it on top <laughs> after the fact and it has the same taste. No, you, you got you to gotta bake it in. It's got to be part of the mix. And I, I think that happens at an institutional level. You know, I think that happens, you know, at a leadership level. It, it, it has to be intentional. It has to be thoughtful. It has to be, if you put it into the process, then it it makes all the difference. And, you know, and it shows. But I think people really just, they, I would say, maybe even need to be pushed a bit to, you know, to step up and to say, bring your full self into this. You know, it's it's okay to, you know, to be who you are because that's part of, the definition of talent, it's you. It's not just the, you know, the pedigree or the school that you went to or the degrees that you have and blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, you bring your full self into it. So I, I think where people feel empowered to do that, you're going to have messages that resonate better with, you know, with customers. You're going to have better reviews. You're going to get you know, more repeat customers. So example, I just went to uh, Essence Fest, uh, I guess it was one or two weeks ago in, in New Orleans. And y- you have some like really big brands there. And I was impressed with the, with their level of authenticity. Essence Magazine, it's, you know, the core audience is, is black women. And you could look at it and tell, it's like, this comes from, you know, that authentic experience. And I got to give it, I'm talking about like some of the top 10 brands out there. They did an excellent job of, you know, of representing that story well. They didn't appropriate it. It was a real deal. And that's just, you know, that's just one example. So it's... A brand that's going to go to Essence Fest is a confident brand. You better be. Why are agencies still struggling so much with this? I think that they want to do the right thing, but maybe the execution has fallen flat. It, It has to be in the people, it has to be in the culture, and it has to be played out as a positive business result. It cannot be, it has to be looked at as uh, something that actually makes sense and dollars, and not just something that's, you know, a feel good, nice to have that we do during Black History Month in February. It's, you know, is if you if you bring it, you know, into the people, and I, and and that's just, you know, that that's black people, that's, you know, Latinx culture, Asian, you know, whatever, whomever, um, especially now. I mean, well, let's let's talk about the elephant in the room. I mean, we have migrant culture in the U.S. today. Like that is a, a hot button issue. How do we address that responsibly and do so in a way that says I see you. I acknowledge you. I support you. And you are core to our business. We don't survive without you. And I, I think the brands that are brave enough to have that conversation are the ones that are going to continue to thrive. I think the ones that kind of shy away from it are going to be, you know, the the Johnny come lately's, you know, and the Jane come lately's. But and and, and it'll be clear. Yeah. And then the ones that don't 
uh, talk about it at all, I think they're going to honestly go by the wayside. Or again, they they might get fried on Twitter yeah. for not doing enough, for not acknowledging things like that. It it has a lot to do with just being brave enough and you know and taking a, a stand. I'd, I'd rather be you know bold and, and wrong than just like again like lukewarm and. and Right, because you say like oh, I didn't lose too much. Yeah, but you lost the point. Thank you. You know, I sincerely appreciate it. Thank you so much for the you know for the invitation. I love the fact that Assist is investing in this and that you are pushing this you know this conversation. Absolutely love it. Thanks for listening, and we hope you take a second to share this episode with other members of your team. And make sure you check out the other chapters from this week's episode, or what the heck, just grab the whole thing. It's worth it. We promise. Next week, Kathy Pearl from Google, Bree Glazer from the Mars Agency, and two folks who are doing fascinating voice technology for kids, Patricia Scanlon and Avva Levin, all from the Voice Summit 2018. Get in touch on Twitter at Assist. DMs are open. We're super interested to hear who you think should appear on the podcast. Machine Yearning is made by Paul Chufo and Michael Alcesser for Limina House. Have a great day.